What do a temperamental staff, shape-shifting costumes, and high school have in common? Surprisingly more than you would think. All this and more coming up on this episode of Lasers and Lockets, the podcast that celebrates strong and complex female characters in science fiction and fantasy entertainment. This is episode 48. To the theme! Welcome back to the show. I'm Lee, your friendly neighborhood host. Before we dive into tonight's episode, let's get some nerdy news for you to discuss in your stand-up Zoom calls. News. While Vagrant Queen got the axe just days before I released my episode about it, we got some awesome news from Adrienne Ray last week. She's been cast as a series regular on Chicago Fire, one of the most popular Chicago shows on TV. Ray took to Instagram to share the news, and it brought me so much joy to see her so happy. I knew she was going to be a big deal after seeing her in Vagrant Queen, and I am so excited to see her succeed in this new role, even if it isn't in this particular genre. It was also announced last week that this will be the final season for Supergirl, season six. I did not expect to feel as sad as I am about that. That series, while it had some tough points, and I nearly gave up on it a few times, it really meant a lot to me. Alex Danvers was a character who changed my life. Cara Danvers' Supergirl changed my life too. I even carry a Supergirl Lego keychain to remind myself to be more like her. I'll likely do a Supergirl wrap-up episode after the final season airs. Kara, Lena, Alex, Nia, Maggie, Kelly, so many strong and complex women on the series, and I will definitely be sad to see it go. I really hope that they're not getting rid of it in favor of a Superman series, because that's just, yeah, that's just frustrating for me. <laughs> Lastly, if you follow me on Twitter, at Lasers Lockets, shameless plug, um, you'll know this episode was delayed about a week because, well, I accidentally on purpose ended up rewatching the entire first season of Motherland, Fort Salem, and I know I gushed about it during the dedicated episode. Go back and listen, episode 45 if you haven't already. Um, but wow. In rewatching this series, I found so many things that I missed the first time. I was impressed this watch through by the nuanced and devastating relationship between Rael and Scylla. Their chemistry is absolutely undeniable, and I love the complexity of Scylla as a character. I cannot wait to see how they develop her in the next season. Rael was also a standout to me this time around. Her character is equally complex, and while I had trouble with it during the first watch through, I don't know, something about this year has definitely made me a little bit more compassionate to that type of character. And Tally. Oh, how I love Tally. I will likely do another Motherland Fort Salem episode next season once it gets released. The series is also so beautifully shot. The characters are rich. And if you haven't given it a watch yet, go get your witch on. You will not regret it. You can find it on Hulu and Freeform apps in the U.S. All right, let's get on with the show. As you may have seen on Twitter, tonight's episode is all about DC's Stargirl. 
This series is quite young. It just aired right during the middle of the pandemic lockdown, about May-ish, on DC Universe, which was an online streaming service. That streaming service has since transitioned from original content, like these types of shows, so it has been picked up for season two by the CW as its new home, naturally, as they house all of the other DC shows. Stargirl follows the pursuits of Courtney Whitmore, a high school student in a small rural town called Blue Valley. After moving to Blue Valley with her mother, stepfather, and stepbrother, she discovers the Cosmic Staff, the one used by Starman from the Justice Society of America. After the entire JSA is killed, Pat, the trusty sidekick, otherwise known as Stripey, gathers all their tools and equipment and keeps it safe. The staff, for some reason, chooses Courtney and works for her when it won't work for anyone else. Courtney believes it's because her absentee father is Starman. In preparation for this new series, several of the characters appeared in brief cameos on the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover series with the CWDC shows. Courtney decides, with the help of Pat, aka she now calls him Stripe, to reform the JSA with Stargirl, Wildcat 2, Dr. Midnight 2, and Hourman 2. Tonight, we're going to go on a little adventure with Courtney, Stargirl, Yolanda, Wildcat, and Beth, Dr. Midnight. I am going to forewarn you, this episode will have some spoilers. I'll try to be as gentle with them as possible, but to really get to the meat of the characters, I will have to spoil a few things. I am not going anywhere near the final two episodes of the season, because I feel like those contain the most spoilers, and I don't want to ruin anything for you guys if you haven't caught up yet. Let's first discuss Beth Chapel, aka Dr. Midnight 2. Beth is one of the most adorable characters on this series. We're introduced to her as the super nerd who is best friends with her parents and doesn't make friends with kids her own age very well. Beth is naive and nerdy as hell. She believes in the goodness in people and is willing to forgive and give people another chance. As a social outcast, she could become jaded and filled with animosity, a bit like Yolanda. A lot more on her later. But Beth chooses to see the good in others. Beth gets Dr. Midnight's goggles, and she makes friends with the AI inside of them. She affectionately names him Chuck. Knowledge is Beth's superpower. Chuck helps her see practical ways to help Supergirl, Hourman, and Wildcat, even though she doesn't have any physical superpowers. Beth really represents the good in everyone. You just want to shield her when terrible things happen, like at the end of episode 10 in season one. That's all I'm going to say about that. But Beth's much tougher than you think, and I wouldn't discount her in the long run. All right, let's move along to Yolanda Montez, or Wildcat. Yolanda is a fascinating character. She's played by Yvette Monreal. Montreal? I don't know. I want to say it like a French person because I am from Canada. But anyway, I was introduced to her on MTV's series Faking It, which was, side note, one of my absolute guilty pleasures. I thoroughly enjoyed it and was sad when it was canceled. But anyway, 
I think she also appeared in a couple episodes of The Fosters, which I also thoroughly enjoyed too. But uh, so she's kind of been pretty uh, familiar in the teenage drama series uh, circuit, I should say. <laughs> anyway, on to Yolanda's character. Yolanda Montez is a former popular girl turned social outcast. See, we learned that about three months prior to the series starting, Yolanda sent a semi-nude photo to her boyfriend, Henry, whom she thought she could trust. The running opponent in her student council race, uh, a really nasty, nasty villain girl who is the daughter of the Dragon King, got a hold of Henry's phone and sent the photos to the whole school. This revelation causes a lot of distress in her Catholic family, and they feel disgraced by her. Yolanda has been scared and ashamed ever since it happened, and her family is pretty much unwilling to forgive her for her youthful mistake. There's this really tender and heartbreaking moment when she tries to talk to her family, and they just basically stare right through her. They tell her that she basically disgraced them, which is so sad, because uh, she's just a teenager and she thought she could trust somebody and she made a mistake. So it was it was a sad situation. But Yolanda is skeptical and jaded because of what happened, which actually works to her advantage in a lot of situations. It helps her to protect Beth and Courtney, which is a big thing, uh, who are arguably the most naive of the crew. <laughs> But her skepticism can also be a hindrance to her because she doesn't trust people easily, even when she should or when they're trying to help her. You see this strongly evident at the beginning when Courtney tries to protect her on a number of situations. The thing I love about Yolanda is that instead of staying a victim, she chooses to take control of her own narrative and life again, and Wildcat is how she does that. She has strong convictions, and I am so impressed with the way that she was written on the show. I feel like they handled the storyline of her being, quote, slut-shamed, close quote, well, and I love that Courtney was taking none of the bully's crap. That's a perfect segue to the final character that we're going to discuss tonight, and it is Stargirl herself, Courtney Whitmore. Courtney is played by Breck Basinger. She's probably best known for her lead role on the Nickelodeon series Bella and the Bulldogs back in 2015 and 2016. Amusingly, Stargirl was not my favorite character on this series at the beginning, but she really grew on me as the season went on, and I could see why she was such a great character. Don't get me wrong, I really enjoy Breck, and she portrays the naivety of a young Courtney Whitmore so well. That was something that I struggled with a bit at the beginning of the series. Let's dive into the character more, though, so you can see why she's so powerful. Courtney is a teenager in high school who was brought across the country from California to Blue Valley. I think it's like in Nebraska or something. She is, or maybe South Dakota, North Dakota? Anyway, she is odd and too kind and super naive when she arrives. I love that Breck wanted to focus on playing the character as young and naive. She said that in a, in a few interviews, she said that she didn't look at any of the other portrayals um, of the, her as an older, uh, like Stargirl in Legends of Tomorrow or any of those character uh, portrayals of her because those were much older 
and Breck wanted to play her as a, a teenager, you know, impulsive, naive, all that good stuff. Courtney is what we would legitimately term as a nice girl in high school. She doesn't like people being bullied, even strangers, and she refuses to remain quiet when she sees something unjust going on. She's also kind enough to not humiliate someone when they make a mistake. She wants everyone to feel like they belong. When the magician's son, a really sweet, sweet kid, totally messes up his card trick and the whole hallway was watching her to see how she'd respond, she chose to do the kind thing and lie and say that the card was hers. Courtney at the beginning is a bit selfish, though, and tries to do everything on her own. As the series goes on, though, you see her really start to value the necessity of a team of people around her who she can trust and who have her back. Courtney, like Beth, believes goodness resides in everyone. This is why I believe she tries to bring Henry Jr. Jr. over to her side. He's Brainwave, a supervillain son. He's kind of Brainwave Jr., if you will. She sensed that Henry wasn't all bad, and she wanted to save him. Courtney's narrative is one that demonstrates the power of a story. When Court discovers the cosmic staff, and it works for her, she convinces herself and her friends that she's Starman's daughter. It's the only way she can conceive that it would work for her, and that she would could be chosen to be a superhero, because she had to have some sort of noble superhero lineage, right? When she finds out that Starman is not, in fact, her father, and her father is just a deadbeat jerk face, her faith wavers in herself, and the staff stops working for her. And Court cries to Pat, it doesn't want me. I just wanted to reach out and hug her and protect her from everything terrible in that moment because you just, you feel her sadness when she realizes that her real father doesn't actually want her. Pat tells her a really moving speech ending in, quote, heroes can come from anywhere, close quote. With that simple line, Stargirl did what I think Star Wars was a little too scared to do in the end. It broke the trope that a hero has to come from a heroic lineage. Apparently, there were other people who felt that way too and who also made the connection between Stargirl and Star Wars. I found a number of articles online about that same sentiment. In that moment, when Pat tells her heroes come from anywhere, I was all into the series. For Courtney... It's an acceptance of who she is, not a defiance, which reveals that she has the right kind of heart to be Stargirl, to be a superhero. It's not her lineage, but her soul that allows the cosmic staff to choose her. I love that. I, I just, I love it so much. It's such an important life lesson that Courtney learned, but it's also something that we all can learn from the series. Heroes can come from anywhere, no matter where you came from, and what you did, redemption is possible too. At the end of the day, Stargirl surprised me pleasantly. It's humorous, dark, much darker than sometimes the CW shows are, aside from Arrow, (laughs) Um, but 
full of heart, too. If you watch the fight scene between Stargirl, Wildcat, and the Dragon King, when his hood falls off and they both scream, it was such a perfect blend of humor mixed into a somewhat tense fight sequence. I also love that romance isn't the primary focus for this series. I mean, I love a great romance as much as the next person, but I also love that they chose to focus more on the arcing plot of trying to stop the Injustice Society. I'm sure they might explore romance with Courtney in the future seasons, because that's what CW does, but I am happy to see uh, that later on and wait for that. I love that this series explores the fact that good versus evil is not black and white, and while people may think terrible things sometimes, it's their actions that define them, not their thoughts. The vast majority of people are not monsters. I fell in love with that concept in this series, and I I appreciate the way that it was handled. If you're looking for a fun series to end your summer and get off into the fall, this is a great cozy one to buckle up with. And buckle up, I mean cozy into the couch with. I'd encourage you to give it a chance. You can catch all episodes on the CW app right now with limited commercial interruptions in the United States. Uh, Elsewhere, I'm sure you can find it on other streaming services too. That brings us to the episode question, gentle listeners. If you could be Stargirl, Wildcat, Dr. Midnight, Hourman, or Stripe, who would you be and why? I cannot wait to hear your answers. Share them with us on our Twitter at LasersLockets, or pop on over to our Discord server. The link is in the show notes. And that's it for this episode of Lasers and Lockets. We'll catch you back here in a couple of weeks. Until then, if the glow stick that blows stuff up chooses you, hold on tight. Make sure you aim your robot's rocket fist away from your face before firing, and make sure you use an industrial sewing machine if you decide to alter a superhero costume. Get your nerd on and be awesome. All right.